My guest for this episode is my good friend and co-host on another show, Anna Cadena from Costa Rica. She is a content strategist with over a decade of experience and has worked with brands such as Adobe, Evernote, and Wildlife Fund. She shares her career journey from self-taught web developer to professional hula hooper, to writer, and to content strategist. She talks about the power of storytelling and how it applies to both large corporations and individuals who want to build their personal brands. We also discuss the joys and pains of running your own business and working from anywhere in the world. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornett. Hi, Larry. Welcome to the show, Anna. Hi, Larry. How's it going? It's almost like we know each other. It's yeah. almost like we yeah. do. Where, so, uh, how, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. What, what I did not talk about in your intro is um, the fact that we have known each other for God knows how many years. <laughs> I think 2017 <laughs> Been, passively. Yeah, that could be. Could be 2017. Yeah. So we've known each other for many years and never met because no. I'm in California and Anna's in Costa Rica. Um, and I don't think you even talked about this in the intro either, but we're co-host on another podcast, The Brave New Workforce. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we Been are. Been doing that for, gosh, a little over a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Um, it's funny how it kind of all worked out. This is like such the, you know, the power of the internet because we would have never really crossed paths. But uh, Larry and I, we ended up taking a course together. And then a right. woman in that course recommended that I speak to you because she was doing some sort of like quick coffee chats and stuff like that. Oh, to, Jade. Yeah. I think yeah. it was Jade. I'm not sure. And, um, you know, we ended up getting connected and for what was supposed to be like a 30 minute conversation turned into like two hours because we were just oh, I think it did, ch yeah. chatting away like <laughs> tech, tech talk. Yeah. Tech, everything. Tech talk very quickly. And yeah. Um, <laughs> And then that was it, you know, that was like 2017. And then we went our separate ways, but we still followed each other on like the Facebooks and the Instagrams. And right, right. Um, I, I knew he did coaching for the longest time. And when I had sort of like a, a career challenge, I was like, let's, let's get the man himself to help me out in this little <laughs> bundle of, of joy that I found myself in. Um, and ever since then, like, I think that was last year. And ever since then we've right, like right. heavily collaborated, which is so much fun. Like, yeah, it's been cool. It's been, you know, we have never met and you know, here we are doing projects together and, um, and this and that. So just kind of speaks to the power of just the internet and using your network. You never really know yeah. who's like in the corner there that, that has right. something great to give and uh, give back, you know, super powerful, super powerful. So as I mentioned in the, the introduction, Anna is a content strategist. So I'll, and I want you to tell us a little bit more about what that is. What does it really mean to be a content strategist? Yeah, um, content strategy and content marketing get kind of uh, used interchangeably. Mm. Um, content strategy is kind of like giving you the roadmap as to where we're going, how we're going to get there, and basically like giving a bigger view of point A to mm. point B on how we're going to bring in customers or new audiences or tap into a new um, audience market that hasn't been tapped into before. And then content marketing is more so like you're in the trenches with it. You're tweaking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're tweaking the little systems and processes and stuff like that to kind of get that, get the main mission 
executed on properly. So I love content strategy because I get to think kind of big picture as well as problem solve. You know, you're always thinking about, okay, if this happens, what are we going to do here? And we're always mapping out different, different things. And, you know, content marketers as well, when they're, when they're in the weeds and in the trenches, they come back to you going, Hey, this is not working the way we need it to work, or this is not Mm -hmm. the, the market that we tried to target or, we thought we were going down the right direction, but the data is showing that we're not like, how, how, how are we going to pivot that? And so a content strategist will come in and go, okay, like I see here's the problem. Let's, 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 let's tweak the messaging slightly and, and then we'll get the right people coming in. So. Right. Right. So who do you tend to work with? Who are your clients? And I know, I know you've got kind of a past client list and you have a pretty cool current client. Mm-hmm. Who are the people you tend to work with? Yeah. Um, for the longest time, I've had like such so much fun just working with the startup uh, founder because mm-hmm. they usually are so in the trenches with everything that content is like the last thing on their mind. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the founders, they, they didn't come out from a marketing background. So when you step in and sort of map these strategies out, it's, it's kind of eye opening. It's like, Oh wow. Like I had no Mm -hmm. idea we could make this more streamlined and it's not like you're just knocking on a bunch of doors and, you know, like vacuum salesman style in in your product. I've done that. (laughs) I did that once. Yeah. Door to door sales. (laughs) Believe it or not. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so it's more intentional instead of just kind of you know brute forcing your way through through things. And right. um, I also like kind of interacting with the founder because you get so like it's such a depth of knowledge um, based on what yeah. they are into, you know, and you learn a huge, huge thing, like a huge amount of stuff um, that you wouldn't have otherwise known. Um, right. And, and you can also see like immediate progress too within a three month sort of engagement. You can kind of see where, where they're headed. Whereas bigger corporations are like also fun, but you have to, it's like not as much content strategy that I do with those bigger corporations. It's more like executing mm-hmm. the vision and um, making sure that we're still on that path and that vision. So it's kind of like moving the forces together as opposed to, you know, helping helping a, a, a particular unit succeed, you know? Right. So, um, right. yeah, I, I like both for sure, but, um, that's usually what I, who I work with, like startup founders, people who, you know, have no idea whatsoever how to do any marketing what's and, and, but they have a need, they have a product that they want to make an impact on, you know? Right. And it's about telling right. that story. I mean, a content, a good content strategist, I think also has, um, you know, brand messaging, brand awareness in mind as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal brand is more relevant these days. It's a, that's a huge buzzword. Um, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you know, a good, a content strategist, I think has like that long-term perspective. They have kind of, uh, the history of the company in, in mind as well. Like what's worked, what's not worked the track record, I, right. I should say. And then they have like that futuristic mindset of, you know, how can we get you to where you need really need to go and not just seeing, you know, the PNL every month uh, that a lot of, (laughs) a lot of founders see and focus on. So we've recently been talking about how powerful storytelling is Mm -hmm. and that a lot of the strategies that you use with companies around their content strategy and their marketing strategy is actually pretty effective for individuals too. Yeah. So who are you thinking about helping in terms of taking that talent that you have and helping some individuals. Cause I know we've been kicking around some ideas, but how do you apply essentially apply kind of 
what I think is really kind of a powerhouse of, of strategy is usually just reserved for companies to have, mm -hmm. but bringing this to an individual or a solopreneur or somebody that's trying to start their own business. Yeah, this is definitely a, uh, what I've been racking my brain around for the last, you know, month or so. I, I mean, we've been talking about, um, the brave new workforce on our podcast, you know, that's, right. I mean, that's our podcast name, but we've been talking a lot about the future of work and where is everything headed. And it, it's more and more clear. The trends are heading to more individualization. <laughs> that's a, that's a tongue twister. Individualization. Individualization. Yeah. Ta -ta -ta. <laughs> and so, um, and you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of millennials, people under 30 doing a lot of side gigs after their nine to five. Yeah. And, um, the, as you mentioned, Larry, before uh, we, we hit record, you know, the passion economy is really coming up to speed yeah, because there's no longer a gatekeeper. Um, whereas you had had one before, if you wanted to, you know, make an album, you had to knock on a recording studio's doors and, and to, right. to get that paid for and, and promoted and all that. Whereas now you can just post it on SoundCloud and get, you know, a couple of tattoos on your face and you're good to go um on that front but <laughs> do a name generator yeah and then before you know it you're post malone yeah, yeah exactly and so um you know to really answer the question a uh, personal brand is kind of more relevant than ever and yeah yeah part of a personal brand is telling good stories and telling stories that make you stand out and you can be That's the right. most boring person living out in like a field somewhere where you just watch cows get pregnant, but you can still have a great story to tell, you know? Why'd you have to describe my childhood like that? I swear. Oh my goodness. I'm just, my Nebraska childhood. Yep. I'm just saying like there, Nailed it. <laughs> there's like a lot of fun ways you can tell your story or a story with, yeah. even if it's like going to the supermarket and you ran into your neighbor, Jane, like, and I think a lot of people don't realize that they have storytelling abilities or, you know, they weren't taught sort of the, the, the foundational pieces to make a good story happen. But a, a right. personal brand comes from like making you, making you stand out. That's like basically what a personal brand is in a nutshell. And yeah. if you can stand out, how are you standing out? Like not everybody has like, you know, those movie star looks. So if you're not, if you're not one of those people falling into that category, like we got to find other ways. <laughs> She's hitting me hard. Today. No, I'm not Twice. talking about you. Two, two shots fired. I'm just saying not everybody can like blink some eyes. Face made for radio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same here. Same that. here. <laughs> so it's like how, what's your differentiator and you can, you can use your voice sure. and your personality because there's only one of you with your particular experiences and everything that you've gone through. So yeah. we can, we can totally take a great story out of that and pull that out. No, I think that's, that's a good point. Take your strength, right? Not everybody has to do video. Not everybody has to do a podcast. Some mm -hmm. people can just write, you know, or use whatever you're creating to kind of showcase that. If you're a great photographer, it's like, there's so many ways to tell that story. Yes. Right? And I think a lot of people don't realize how flexible it can be. And they're not telling their story. I mean, how many times have you gone on a Forbes article or a Business Insider article? And it's like the five top things 
you know, to save for retirement today. And like, do you actually read the article or do you just look at the five <laughs> art, like five, five scroll head- really quick? Yeah, yeah. The five yeah. headlines and you're done in two minutes. Like there's no personality in any of that, you know, and you can totally re-script that whole narrative right. where even if that five top facts or that five punchy, whatever that gets the clicks, you can still have people coming back for more because your personality shines and there's a humor to it. And right. there's, yeah. there's so much more that you can put in there that people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, I know the five, like the five tips might've been obvious, you know, but you're still coming back because the author, the podcaster or whatever has like a unique tone or personality to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or funny stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you may have to share your interesting story that you used to be a professional hula hooper or something. <laughs> Speaking of an interesting past, much, oh, much more interesting than mine. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird how I've done a lot of like mini careers throughout my life. And that's another thing too, that like you, yeah. you really should embrace hobbies and stuff like uh, and, and additional activities outside of maybe your field of expertise, right. because that builds onto the character not the character, the person <laughs> and makes yourself so much more interesting too. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. when I was, um, I think I was 17 to 19, I had the pleasure of becoming, you know, a performer, like a hula hoop performer. I've met Miss Costa Rica that, I mean, I'm based in Costa Rica. So I met Miss Costa Rica. I taught her how to hula hoop. I did a bunch of charity <laughs> projects. I rode wow. in like, um, I taught nurses how to hula hoop, for example. Like when people think hula hooper, they're like a big stage performer, but I was doing more so like health hula hooping. So the bigger hula hoops. Mm-hmm. And so I was teaching a lot of adults how to hula hoop and have like fun in their life and incorporate fun That's into cool. their life. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I got paid for gigs like that all the time, um, teaching, doing these like health seminars, I guess you could say. And, um, one, one of like, one of my proudest moments is I was teaching one of the government, uh, hospitals here in Costa Rica, which is notoriously underfunded, you know, like most, um, most hospitals in Latin America, it's definitely not the fancy stuff. A lot of the hospitals don't even have air conditioning in there. You get lost. Like they're very like fire, not fireproof whatsoever, you know, (laughs) cause, cause they were built in the fifties and like, haven't, they haven't even modified or done anything. But, um, one of my proudest moments was teaching a bunch of nurses how to hula hoop so that they could incorporate some of these hula hooping exercises um, into the children with cancer. And Mm, some of this was very, like I taught some of the children as well how to hula hoop it. Um, But by teaching the staff how to do that, they were able to incorporate low impact exercises for the children so that they could, you know, get better. Part of, you know, chemotherapy, you just feel so sick all the time. And it's not like you can just Mm -hmm. ask the child to go run a block after being shot up with a bunch of chemicals, you know? Um, And so hula hooping was sort of like the next best thing. And it was really great for like the mindset and the mental energy and all that stuff Mm -hmm. for the children because they get to be outside, but they don't have to like, you know, run or jump or do any of that crazy stuff. So, um, and I came back, you know, this was an engagement that I did over, um, I think it was six months. I think it was a six month engagement. I'm, I'm old now, so I don't remember like all the little details, yeah, real old. <laughs> but, um, real after a six month or like, you know, I taught the nurses and then I came back for a follow-up, I think about a month later, but it was a six month sort of thing. One of the nurses lost, um, like 20 pounds just from hula hooping. Oh, wow. Um, while watching TV every, every morning or every night. 
you know? So, <laughs> and so it's fascinating how like a hula hoop, a heavy weighted hula hoop can actually be a source of weight loss too. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how that started, but is that the story <laughs> but, that you were looking for? <laughs> that, that was exactly, that was the story I needed. Uh, no, I, I think the whole career changer thing is interesting. Oh yeah. Um, and that's true of our other co-host trip. It's like, and my background's kind of weird too. It's, I think it, it gives you an interesting well of stories to draw from mm -hmm. when you're trying to do some storytelling and kind of a, a more rounded perspective mm -hmm. of the world and of what people care about, what people do. I just think it, it does make for a much more interesting story to be able to have something in your past that isn't like, oh, I've always done the same thing and it's always been the same thing. It will always be the same thing. It's like, okay. I think you know, people it's, are it's hard to get it, make exciting. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people are much more dynamic than that. I mean, even if your, your favorite hobby or pastime is like watching game of Thrones, you can still make an interesting story out of that. It's just kind of taking the story apart. You know, a lot of people like to tell story, stories in a linear way of like, where how mm -hmm. how they've happened you know like oh i went out my door and then when i went, went out my door i got into my car and i got in my car and then i saw a deer and then the deer was like right. you know totally totally freaked out and then after that i went to work whereas you could totally break that story up into different pieces where it's like before i went out you know in and saw my the deer I had to, I almost right, tripped right. over my shoelaces, you know, prior or something along those lines. You break it up and it's kind of almost like a Quentin Tarantino strategy where you're not telling the story in a linear yeah, fashion yeah, yeah. and it can That's be just as interesting, um, uh, at, like that. So, so you've been writing for a really long time. How did you, how did you get started? I mean, where, where did Anna start down this path of writing yeah becoming a writer and a content strategist i mean where did it all begin yeah i definitely have a kind of a unique background um when i was really really young i was super into um writing and and, and creative writing so i i actually when i was like 11 years old i had a teacher a college professor teaching me English composition. And through that, mm. I was able to win um, an anti-war essay. And that was kind of like the first time I got a taste for writing because I made money. It was like my first hundred bucks on like a, a, <laughs> an essay cool. on words, you know, and I was only 11 at the time. But I was, I, I really had my eyes set as becoming a web developer. And during, okay. during, I mean, I self-taught, I taught myself code and all that during that time. But when I became a web developer, I realized it was so feast and famine um, where mm -hmm. I was a front-end web developer doing um, website design or web design. Now we call it web mm -hmm. development or graphic design. Nobody really calls it web design <laughs> anymore. Right, but right. <laughs> um, I, it, was, it, it was so feast and famine because I had to constantly find my new clients um, because once somebody had a website, they didn't need another one. You know what I mean? And we would have to do, like sometimes they would do a maintenance or like a monthly maintenance thing, but that was not enough to pay my bills. So sure. I had a friend that was a classic writer, just a classic writer. He was kind of doing this online stuff at the time, but... Um, he he would deliver the work and not charge his clients for the delivered work like he would just do the work but not get paid hmm. for it and so what? yeah it, but he was just very like up in the clouds classic writer where it's from 2 a.m to like 8 a.m you know and like <laughs> and delivers the work the day after deadline and then forgets right. about it so he he reached out to me we knew each other for a while he reached out to me and was like hey i just need somebody organized to help me and i was mm -hmm. like okay so i was 
doing that on the back end for for a little bit of extra cash and then i realized that oh he's writing and they keep coming back like he doesn't have to find right. yeah. more clients it was a pretty core set of people that he was working for that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. and um I was helping him get more scale the operations a little bit. And during that process, I was like, Oh, let me, let me try it. And so he ended up teaching me some, some basic English stuff. And that's how, kind of how I got started with the writing okay. space. And then I was still doing web development. I'm like, you know, when you do a career transition, people are still calling, like knocking on your door two years later uh, yeah. <laughs> for web development, you know? So I was kind of like having this one foot in one foot out sort of thing. And I ended up securing like a, a longer term client. Well, he and I ended up like going separate ways. He decided to go, move back to the States. I was back in Costa Rica. So we're like, okay, no worries. You know, let's split business. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But then I, I found myself having to kind of find my own clients and then do my own thing. And I was, it was kind of at a breaking point where it's like, oh, should I continue the web development thing or should I just commit to being a writer? And I committed right. to being a writer. And that was about, 12 years ago and I didn't oh, okay. I didn't start being a content strategist until probably like three years in when I was like oh mm -hmm. there's another level beyond this and it can be right. yeah. so much more than because I was a ghostwriter and funny thing about ghostwriting this is why I'm so adamant about certain, uh, telling your own personal story because you really yeah. have no idea who's writing your content like I've written uh, books about being divorced and like hel helping <laughs> helping grown men find like salvation after their divorce and like i've never been a i'm female <laughs> and b i've never Which been married a lot of experience with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's like as a ghostwriter i wrote a bunch of stuff i didn't even know what the heck i had i had no real experience in but you know my clients <laughs> loved it so that's good. But you know, yeah. the content out there, like anybody can, I can sit down and research a book about how to, you know, how divorce men function after being divorced. You know what I mean? <laughs> it might take me a two weeks as opposed to like three days from somebody with like super, sure. super yeah. experience. <laughs> but, um, so this is why like your differentiator is like the key key here. Cause it's like, you're competing yeah. with people who have no experience in a X amount of field that you're working in. And yet mm -hmm. they're kind of winging it because somebody paid them to, to write about it. Or, you know, a lot of the, the articles that people write, aren't even written by them or the books right. that are written, yeah. you know, yeah. aren't even written. written books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So these are kind of the things that you want to be aware of. Like a lot of times when I read content articles, I'm just like, this person has never done this. Like they've just, <laughs> it gets me so fired up because it's like, who, who's, who's pitching this? Like, and to people yeah. like Forbes Sometimes you can and, tell. Yeah. yeah, people to Forbes <laughs> out of all people, you know, like you, you, you have these reputable news sources or, uh, websites and like, here they are right. talking about things they've obviously never done. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the long winded, I know that wasn't a very like exciting storytelling story, but that's kind of how <laughs> I got started in, um, in content strategy by being a ghostwriter. So what has been... I mean, you've been doing this a long time yeah. and you've continued to evolve. And I know that you've had people work with you and for you. What is your secret sauce? What has made you successful? 
Um, I don't think I'm there yet. So they're like maybe <laughs> self-depreciating humor and calling myself <laughs> waking up yeah, going, no, yeah, yes. yeah. Waking up going, I might, I might have, I, I don't have money for retirement. Maybe I should get up and work. So yeah, that's my secret sauce. This like the fear. You've got plenty of crypto, <laughs> plenty of crypto. It's going to be fine. Yeah. In 20 years. No, like I, I love what I do because one, I mean, I have such a active brain right and so content marketing for me is so much fun because it doesn't matter the industry you can still apply the same sort of far formula but everything yeah. um remains true you still got to know the industry a little bit you got to understand the industry so i get to learn new industries and get paid for it you know and right. um the marketing space is always changing you know you never know if you're going to get like another TikTok version um and right. and other yeah. sort of social media is popping up and it's kind of like okay i gotta sit down and experiment what the these little kids are doing now like what is this relevant for my clients yeah. or yeah. are we just gonna <laughs> bypass this stuff you know so it's like never a dull moment in my industry and um yeah, that's 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 what gets me up out of out of bed every morning to do what She's I do. Constantly learning new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So, what advice if someone who's listening right now is interested in becoming a writer, a, you know, a content marketing person, or a strategist at some point? What advice would you give to them to get into doing what you do? It depends. Where do they start? I think it depends on like what what interests you. Like I definitely have maybe a bit of a bias because I started out writing. And so by starting mm -hmm. out writing, you kind of have to build out like the article properly in a way that makes people click and stuff like that. Sure. And then based yeah. on that kind of experience, when you start doing content strategy, you kind of already know what people like and don't like and how to sort of tailor certain, certain you know, content planners or, you know, co yeah. content calendars to, to, what's appeasing to the eye. But um, so, I mean, my advice, which might not be relevant if you want to be a content strategist per se, but my advice is just start writing, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. you, okay. And like you get, I mean, it, it's, it was brutally slow in the beginning. Like I could barely write maybe 500 words, at, like, you know, it took forever. But now, you know, if I, if I done all my research and I've done everything that's needed for the article, I could probably write a thousand five hundred words in under an hour. Um, if everything's wow. put together and if I don't have, if it's yeah. just free flowing and just writing, you know, whatever uh -huh. I did the other day on a Saturday, I woke up and I just wrote 9,000 words in three hours. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. But that was more free. That's a lot. That's more free flowing <laughs> thoughts, you know, not sure. And then you can go always go back and edit it. But if you have kind of like a good, um, it takes time to kind of build that up. But I think if you become a faster writer, you get, you get more, you, you start seeing like what's good content and what's not good content. And from sure. that you can, yeah. and you can build out a good marketing strategy or content strategy. So what may not be apparent for everybody listening is that Anna runs her own business. So, you know, she's not an employee of, of some company that does content strategy or content marketing. I mean, she's been running her own business for many years. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the lifestyle of running your own business. And especially you know, as we've been talking about something that could be run remotely and all you really need is kind of a laptop and an internet connection. Yeah. What has that been like? to run a business and be able to be pretty much anywhere you want to be. Yeah, I'll tell you, um, I started my, I started my web development company when I was about 15 
and I've sort of always been self-employed in, in that sort of space. Yeah. And so yeah. I was doing this, I mean, not to sound cool, but <laughs> I was doing like all this remote stuff before anybody was like, oh, what is, right. what, what are you doing? You know? And a lot of my friends thought it was super weird that I wasn't working for um, like a nine to five at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And so what does my lifestyle, like, are you asking more so how I structure it on a day-to-day -day or the work-life balance kind of aspects? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of that. I mean, like last week or a couple weeks ago, you were in Mexico on vacation, but we continued to like, oh, yeah. meet and record the podcast. And you've done other vacations where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm scuba diving next week. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, but you just keep running the business, right? Yeah, yeah. No, um, there's definitely ups and downs with it for sure. And, yeah. um, I think it's the, my, how, how I kind of structured it, which I, which is not sustainable. I'll be very honest with you during the pandemic, but what I would do is like, I would focus very hard for a good month or two on whatever it is I have to do. And then I would, you know, blow off steam or go see my friends in a different country for two weeks. And then I would mm -hmm. kind of pseudo work, but at least it would, it would maintain all the client work that I got it. I needed to get done right. while I can okay. go off and explore. But, and then, you know, after that two weeks, I'll come back home and do that hyper focus again and really focus mm -hmm. on like, n like outside of the business marketing strategies, et cetera. That's not necessarily just the client work or just, you know, hit, trying to hit those deadlines. Um, but that's kind of what works for me. Um, definitely the, I've never really have to, I mean, it does require a lot of self-discipline, you know, getting up and right. doing, yeah. doing the thing you don't want to do, but it's like, there's tons of other, I mean, I've done t terrible jobs in the past. Right. And uh, <laughs> it's like, I think back and I'm like, do I want to go back to that? No, I think I, I should get up out of bed now, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, it's, it's about I want to keep having this freedom. Yeah. 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 It's about like being structured. Like I'm very organized and you know, I'm a strategist for, for God's sake. So I kind of have my calendar somewhat planned out in terms of what I need right. to focus on. And that's very helpful when you know what you have to do for the day and you're not just sure. like loafing about in your pajamas going, Oh, okay. Like, let me just watch this one video of a cat first before I get into the, yeah. the meat and the potatoes of, hours, of yeah. Yeah, five hours later. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it definitely, it's like, you know, the, the nomad people or like the location independent people always have like that laptop and the pina colada and the, the beach behind you. But it's like, so <laughs> not realistic because the internet it's doesn't, not exactly yeah, like that. the yeah. internet doesn't work. The sun's in your eyes. You can't see the laptop the Mosquitoes screen. are biting you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, you know, the, the sand in your laptop is like the worst thing possible. Like <laughs> you don't even get that out. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely comes with, um. I don't know. I think I definitely do work harder than, um, yeah. than when I did yeah, as I a nine too. to five yeah. and like, there's no, I like it more. Yeah. But there's more enjoyment out of it. Um, yeah. having that kind of flexibility where it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not feeling my creative juices. I think I'm just going to go out and like walk around or go right. run some yeah. errands and then come back and do it as opposed to being in like an office where the lights aren't even conducive to any sort of creativity because it's just this blue beam down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. I mean, it's like I probably work every day, but I don't work eight to 12 hours every day. Like I took the afternoon off yesterday because it was like, hey, I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to go out to lunch with my wife and just enjoy the afternoon. And I'll work on Saturday or Sunday, but it's 
doesn't bother me because it's my business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I, I don't mind. It's very flexible. What's difficult though, is taking a day off in your business. I've been trying to do that where I'll take a full day. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> I'll take, I've been trying to do take Saturday off because my brain gets so overloaded with sure. all these ideas. Yeah, you, you need a break. Yeah. So I've been trying to take Saturdays off to not work on the computer and you know get some errands done and like put like all mm -hmm. the outside life things that need to be done and at first it was i mean it's still hard where i'm like oh but there's just like one thing that'll take literally 20 minutes yeah. and it won't be like a big deal like i won't be stressed like i and i'm like no 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 you gotta stop don't look at the email and um no you can't do that yeah not this weekend but next <laughs> weekend i'm really excited to just take the day off to go play with Legos, for example, like we have oh, cool. my, my, my father, um, he lives close by to me. He has a robotic Legos. So I'm, I'm excited to just sit down and hang out and play with some Legos for the first time in a long time. <laughs> and, you know, well, what do you know? So Anna, where can they learn more about you? Where can people find you? Um, yeah, typical writer uh, person. <laughs> I don't have anything complete right now, but um, I have brainminerals.co. If you're more, if you are interested in getting to know like how to tell tell your unique story, and even if you're a content yeah. marketer or content person, it's as I'm finding out myself, it's very difficult to tell your own story. So if you're more, you know, I'm more than happy to set up a call, um, like a 20 minute, you know, just chit chat, get, get to know each other over coffee kind of call. If you um, have some struggles with your content or if you're writing a lot of content and nobody's reading your content yeah. and you're just frustrated yep. or, you know, basically I help, you know, content creators get more engagement without learning the whole marketing shindig and the terminologies and yeah. by telling better stories. Thanks for making time in your busy schedule, Anna, to come on the so show. So busy, so busy. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you would like to follow upcoming releases of the show, please subscribe. And as always, I appreciate your ratings and reviews. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Invincible Career and the podcast, you can visit invinciblecareer.com. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.